Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. I'm so excited as always to be able to share God's word with you today. And before we get into the word, let's take a minute and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, most awesome and wonderful Lord, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God. And we thank you for all the wonderful blessings that you have given us, both great and small. Lord God, I ask that you would prepare our hearts and minds and our spirits today to be able to receive your words. And that your words will come forward and be able to get deeply planted within our spirits as seed on fertile ground, Lord God. Let them be able to sink nice and deep and so that we can remember the words when you when we need them, Lord, and when we need to share them with others or when we need them to be able to combat the enemy, Lord God. We praise you. We love you. And we thank you, Lord. And I pray that this message goes the direction that you want it to go, Lord. Let these be your words, Lord, not my words for your glory and for your honor and for your magnification. These things we pray in Jesus almighty name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Persistency is the key to victory. Persistency is the key to victory. That's the title of today's message. In a world now where we have so much happening around us, we have so much information uh, at our fingertips, okay, with the, all the advances in technology, um, and I've spoken about this before, and you know that anyone with a smartphone can find out what's happening around the world before it even comes, before it even shows up on TV, okay? We have so much access to that information that it's easy for us to become unfocused, to lose sight of what really matters, and that's our relationship with God, okay? That's our relationship with God. As believers, our relationship with God is, is, is and should be our number one priority. Once we have that solid, everything else falls into place. And with all of these distractions, it's important that we maintain that laser focus on the things of God until Jesus decides to return. I mean, there's what do we have now? We've got coronavirus out there, which has been with us now for a good, a good part of the year. I know so many people that are looking forward to 2021 because, as I said, 2020 has just been uh, a disaster, if you will. All right. You've got all the, the campaigns that are out there putting out information, uh, considering that we have an election that's coming up here just in what, just a couple of weeks or so. Uh, not even not even that long. This talks about vaccines related to the virus. Parents that are still trying to figure out childcare situations, whether or not schools are, are going to be able to reopen anytime soon. You have the quote unquote cold and flu season that's that, that that's upon us uh, this this time of the year around. So there's so much stuff that's going on around us. And we think that that's where our focus should be. And we treat God as though. If he has something to say to me, that he will talk to me. Okay, that he will that he will talk to me, that he will cut through all of the noise and just grab me by the collar and shake me and speak to me and tell me what it is that he's trying to tell me or show me what it is that he's trying to show me. But that's not how we should be treating God. We should be going to God. We should be seeking him out dil diligently because it is through that diligence and that persistence that when we seek God, that he's then in turn will reveal more about himself to us. He will reveal more to us about situations that we're in. OK, if it's something on the job, something at home, right, something in a, in, a, in a loved one's life that's that's 
that, that may have you concerned or have you stressed out. All right. Things with the election that's going on, what information is true, what's not true. OK. What to do about, you know, um, uh, whether or not I should send my kids to school, you know, if, if the school is open. Maybe maybe my church is, is looking at plans for reopening as well. Should I go to church? Should I not? You know, having all those conversations and all those decisions that you have to make, we have to persistently seek God and go to him because he'll reveal us to us what we should be doing and what we should be doing. I'm going to cover three areas where we need to be persistent in. And it's the first one is in prayer. We need to be persistent in prayer. The second one is facing tribulations. And the third one is modeling what it means to be a Christian. I'm going to say those again in case you've got a notepad and you want to write this down. The three areas that we need to ensure that we're being persistent in is in prayer. In facing tribulations and modeling what it means to be a Christian. Let's take a look at what the word of God has to say about each one of these areas. And we're going to start with persistent persistency, excuse me, in prayer by turning to James chapter five. James chapter five. And we're going to go to verse 13, starting at verse 13, James chapter five, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray Underline. Let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Underline, let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Underline, pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to, to one another and pray for one another uh, in verse uh, backing up to verse 15 underline where it says in the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And then we'll let's do verse 16 again. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed underline pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much much underline all of that as well. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And we're, just, and we're going to pause there. Okay. Verse Starting in verse 13, we're going back to verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Prayer and being persistent and, and, and consistent in our prayer life helps us in our suffering. OK, it helps us in our suffering. Suffering does not always mean that you're dealing with some sort of horrendous health crisis. A lot of times when you think of suffering, you think of uh, we think of physical suffering, like somebody that might be uh, dealing with a, um, a serious form of cancer. OK, where they're, they're, they're suffering because of the effects of chemotherapy or, or, or the pain that they might be in. Or it might be uh, someone that's dealing with Alzheimer's. OK, suffering isn't just just that physical type of, of suffering. Suffering could also be 
you're suffering to be to, to pay your bills every single month. Okay. That brings about a lot of stress and, and, and anxiety and, and can manifest itself in physical ways. All right. Suffering could also be that if you're if you're in school, right, you're struggling with if the, the distance learning. Okay, maybe you're in a, in a location where where school is not ha- taking place um, in person, and you're di- you're on distance learning, so you're in, you're in front of the computer just about the entire time. Suffering could be going through that and not having that interaction that you're normally used to while you're going to school, and so your grades could be suffering. You may not be doing as well as you as, as you think you are. Okay, that's suffering. It doesn't have to be something that is 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 necessarily just physical. Um, in, in its in its manifestation, it's also all relative to the situation that you're in, all right. And so, someone else's suffering may not be the same type of suffering that you have. And as baby Christians, um, and I'll talk touch on this a little bit later. Um, as baby Christians, what we consider suffering is different than what happens when we become more seasoned Christians, if you will. When we start dealing with some uh, some bigger trials and, tri- and tribulations, you see the suffering, if you will, starts to st- starts to change. And, I, and like I said, I'll touch on that um, a, a little bit later. But you see there in verse 13. Is if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone is, is anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. All right. So we see that that persistency in prayer also will heal our ailments. Okay. They will also heal our ailments. How many of us, if we wake up in the morning and we're not feeling that good, just kind of deal with it, maybe go to the medicine cabinet and look for something that you can take versus actually praying and rebuking that spirit of infirmity or rebuking whatever those symptoms are that that, that you're feeling? How many of us will enter into prayer when a child, when one of our children are sick? I know anytime my children get sick, I always pray over them. Um, because um, I, I know that, that what the scripture says, that by his stripes, we are healed. OK, and so if my children are sick, sick, whether it's a stomach flu or whether they've got um, just just a cold or, or whatever it is, I pray over them. And I and I and I pray that prayer and I claim that in the name of Jesus, that by his stripes, my children are healed. I do it to myself as well. Um, you know, I just had to do it the other day. I just woke up and just wasn't really feeling feeling well at all couldn't put my fingers finger on it at all you know i ate good i slept good and just woke up just was not feeling well at all and so i spent time during the day just saying in the name of jesus by his stripes i am healed okay we don't have to just suffer through sickness when we're not feeling well and you see verse 15 right there and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the lord will raise him up in verse 16 there, where you see it says, confess your trespasses one to one another and pray for one another, one another. Persistency in prayer means that we are also praying for other people. You know, it's real easy to talk about a problem that somebody else has. OK, and let's and let's be real about this. All right. All right. There, gossip does take place in the in the, in the church. OK. I've seen gossiping in, 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 in churches, people, other people that I know have seen that gossip in the church where they're talking about somebody else and, and everything like that. But how many of us are willing to pray for someone when they're going through a situation? 
or even if they're not going through a situation, if you if, if in your oftentimes when I'm when I'm praying, somebody's face may just flash across my mind for no reason in particular. And then I'll just say a quick prayer for them. I don't know what's going on to them, going on with them. There may not be anything going on with them at all, but I'll say a, a quick prayer to them. And if it's somebody who I have their phone number and if Holy Spirit guys, I'll reach out to shoot them a text message and just say, hey, just thinking about you while I was praying the other day and just. Wanted to see how things are going. If Holy Spirit leads me that way. How many of us are praying for our leaders in this nation? You know, I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. We should be praying for every single one of our leaders in this nation to take this country in the direction that God would want it to go. Okay. In verse 16 there, this is one of the most powerful scriptures that I love. Um, The effective. And then the second part of uh, verse 16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What this means is that prayer. When we pray, we we, you got to put some oomph to it, so to speak. Right. You you, got to pray with some. I don't know if emotion is the right word. I can't quite put my finger on it, but you you, got to you got to pray with some power and some authority. Okay. a lot of times when when we're praying, it's just simply. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for waking us up. Help me get through this. Help me deal with that. But we got to be able to put some behind that and and think of prayer as as a as as an actual fight. Okay, if you if you were to get into a physical altercation with someone, okay, um, uh, God forbid if that were to happen, if you get into a physical altercation with someone, you are going to use all the strength that you have to be able to win that physical altercation. Okay, which means if you have to if you have to punch someone or you're wrestling with someone, you're not going to go there with half your strength. You're going to put all your strength into it. That's what we have to do when we when when we pray. We've got to put all our strength and our focus into that into that prayer and understanding that we have the authority in the name of Jesus to trample on serpents. We know that the weapons of warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, meaning that when we're dealing with, with 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 having to take on a a, a spiritual uh, force in, 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 in the high places the Bible talks about there. We got to put some 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 oomph into that. We got to put some power into that. We have to speak with authority. We have to speak uh, with, with, with some strength in our voice and the confidence in knowing that God is above all. And that we, through the name of Jesus, have the power to rebuke Satan in all of his plans and all of his attacks. So that effective, fervent prayer, that's why I'm saying that when, when there's some effectiveness and some power and some authority into it, because you have faith, okay, as we saw in verse 15, the prayer, in the prayer of faith, when you put that faith behind that prayer, that's what make, turns that prayer into, from mere words into actually action, if you will, okay? Because now I'm praying and I'm believing. I have the faith that the words that I am speaking to the God that I cannot see is, are, are, are being heard by him. And because he hears them, he is going to take action on my behalf because I am one of his children. Okay. Verse 17 and 18. All right. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly. Okay, earnestly, double underline the word earnestly, okay, that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced this fruit. So we can see the power of prayer right there. 
for a man to get on his knees and pray earnestly for the rain to stop and God to hear that prayer and say, "Okay, it's not going to rain. All right. You were persistent in your prayer. You were diligent in your prayer. You were earnest in your prayer. So for the next three years and six months, I'm going to cause the rain to cease. And then he comes back again and he prays and he and then and then the rain starts the the rain starts to come again. That shows you that prayer is something that's extremely powerful when you combine that prayer with believing and having faith in the words that you're actually speaking. Continue on on um, in, 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 in talking about prayer here and being persistent in prayer. One of the keys to praying is not just having faith, but it's also praying nonstop. It's also in that nonstop prayer. It's also believing and having faith. Turn to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, very familiar scripture here. And we're going to verse 18. And we have to. And the reason why we, we can't stop believing and can't stop praying is because prayers aren't always answered instantly. So this is where the persistent or, or what I should say, the prayer prayer is answered, answered um, instantly, but it doesn't always manifest itself instantly in the physical. So that's why we have to be persistent uh, in our prayers. That's why we have to continue to believe and have faith when we're praying. Matthew 21, verse 18. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. Talking about Jesus and seeing a fig tree by the road. He came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, underlined said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away, wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to the to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Underline all of verse 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, a double underline faith and do not doubt, double underline, do not doubt. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree. But also, if you say, double underline, say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Double underline that it will be done. Verse 22, underline all of this. If you don't have it already underlined and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So, again, what we see there is the importance of having that faith. And that belief in your prayer. OK. It's critical. Jesus would not have been able to walk up to that fig tree and demand and command that it will never grow a fig figs ever again. If he didn't have faith in what he was saying, if he didn't believe in the words that he actually that he actually said. And what you see there in verse in verse 21 uh, um, there. But if also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Persistency in our prayer life puts us in a place to be better prepared for, to deal with tribulations. Okay, you can have a mountain of a problem in front of you. And if you say to that mountain of a problem in the name of Jesus, be cast into the sea. And if you're believing it and you're not doubting, you have faith. 
What did Jesus say there at the end of verse 21? It will be done. That mountain will be removed. And it may take some time and it may take longer than what we would like, but it would be it will be removed. When we first become saved, and and I briefly touched on this a little bit earlier, when we first become saved, the tribulations that we face are usually pretty small compared to what we face when we become more more mature. Okay, when we come become more mature. As a baby Christian, okay, I'm starting out and I'm and I'm learning about who God is and how he operates. And uh, I'm seeing little small things happening in my life that are starting to, that are starting to change. And so the tribulations that I start to face are, are, are relative. I don't want to say easy because that's not that's not the case necessarily, but it's 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 a little bit smaller. OK. And, and as I start to grow and I start to mature, I start to become spiritually strengthened. Which means the challenges become bigger because the devil sees that I'm growing and I'm maturing as a Christian. So he steps up his attacks. He turns up the heat on us. So then we become stronger. We have to start turning up the heat on him and start attacking him. And then he starts to. And and there's this this, there's there is this constant um, increase in intensity of the devil's attacks as we continue to grow. Okay, as we continue to grow in the Christian, you think about your you, you think about your life now, because I can certainly look back on my life. And I think of the challenges that I had when I was a younger Christian and I look at where I'm at now and I think about some of the challenges that I have now. And it is vastly different. It is vastly different. I look back then and just think, man, I can't believe that that wasn't that big of a deal back now. Now, look, looking at it now, but at the time it didn't feel that way. Okay, so we have to understand that. We need that persistent prayer to be able to deal with tribulations. All right. And the Bible says that he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot on a stone. A key part of that scripture is to keep you in all your ways. And what that means is that as we grow in God and as we develop this relationship with him, as we become stronger Christians, God has a hedge of protection around us. Okay, that doesn't allow us to. Um, succumb to certain attacks from the devil because we're not prepared. The Bible also says that you, 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 you will never be tested beyond, beyond measure, meaning that anything that comes before you, any test, any challenge, any tribulation that comes before you, you are already equipped to deal with that. And many times we might blame God and say, well, well, God wasn't there for me when I had this problem or we'll blame the devil. Well, it's the devil's fault that, I, that this happened to me. And we forget that God has already prepared us for that situation. OK, he's already done that. OK. So as we learn to be persistent in our prayer lives and as we see here, the, the, the key uh, to being to, able, to help us in our prayer life is believing and not stopping our prayer. This is also then something that will help us in dealing with tribulations. So now let's take a look at being persistent in tribulations. Turn to uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And we're going to start in verse number nine. Romans 12 verse nine. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving in giving preference to one another, not lacking in diligence. 
fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I'm going to pause there for a second. Okay. Um, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. What this means is that we're, 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 we have that fire and that, that, that strong desire to serve the Lord. Okay. Um, and as we, as we continue to grow as Christians and as Jesus continues to tarry and as we continue to see uh, all of the things that are happening around us that are, that are taking place, we have to maintain our focus. As I was saying in the beginning part of this message, we have to maintain that focus. And, and it's never a bad thing to go back to God and just ask him to 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 continue to light that fire within you. Okay, there's nothing wrong with doing that self check to see, am I still on fire from God now where I'm at today than where as as opposed to where I was when I first became saved. Okay, so it's it's never a bad thing to 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 have that fervency in 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 spirit and wanting and having a strong desire to serve the Lord. Voicing 12 rejoice verse 12 rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation and continuing steadfastly in prayer underline verse 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. So we see there again a, a reference to uh, persistency with prayer, as it says, continually steadfast and continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. OK, so there's a lot of things there regarding uh, tribulations. First and foremost, we know that Jesus said you will have trials and tribulations. Not that you may, you will. So every single one of us children of God will have trials and tribulations. OK, it's just you, there's no way there's no way getting around it. OK. That fervency in spirit, though, and being able to have that fire to serve the Lord helps us stay anchored to him. All right. As we deal with the situation, as a challenge starts to come before us, that helps us to, to, to stay anchored, anchored to him. All right. And that was one of the things that I had mentioned earlier, too, was that we, we oftentimes uh, will we'll, we'll sit back and let God come to us instead of us going to him. So if we're fervent in, 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 in spirit, then we want to seek God. And that's everything that we do is we go to seek after him. We don't sit back and wait for him to come to us. We draw near to him. The Bible says, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. So we are drawing near to him. That, that, that's that fervency that will also then help us with our tribulations. In verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. OK, rejoicing in hope. All right. That's all about um, if, if I'm hoping for something positive to happen. That becomes my focus. If you ever listen to people in the world talk about how they become successful, businessmen, CEOs, whatever it is, whoever it is being successful in life. One of the things that they will tell you is that they are always focused on the positive things. You put, they prepare for the negative, but they're focusing on the positive and that opportunity for something good to take place in their business or in their life is what keeps them driven. That's what that's what helps them to keep their focus. So what we need to do is we need to be rejoicing in the hope 
in the hope of who God is and the hope of what of what's going to happen when we go home to return to the Lord. That that having that focus and that rejoicing on that hope helps us keep our eyes focused, not on the problem, but what is after the problem, because we know that that problem is put there to test us. And the problem is, is, is something that the devil would love to see overcome us. So if we look past the problem and we, we still have to deal with it. But if we look past the problem, that gives us a, a, um, a focal point that gives us a direction toward to, to march towards a business. They call it a vision. OK, you have a vision for your organization. And when you focus on that vision, that allows you to deal with the other stuff that comes up. But you never lose sight of, uh, of what your, your company is all about. OK, that's the rejoicing and hope. Now, patience and tribulation, patient and tribulation. OK, we know that that earlier in Romans, if in Romans chapter five, it talks about how um, tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and then character, hope. OK, that's why we take our time in tribulations. That's why we have to be persistent in dealing with the tribulation, because when you are inside that problem, as hard as it might be to, to, to realize that I'm prepared to handle this. What we often also forget is that that tribulation is building us up and strengthening our spiritual muscles to be able to deal with the problem that is coming up in the future that we do not know about. God being all knowing knows that I have you in your situation right now for a reason. I need you to stay here and wait here. And I will let you know when it's time to move because you are not prepared to take on the blessing that I'm getting ready to give you. You're not quite there yet. So I got to strengthen you and I got to toughen you up and I've got to make you a bit stronger and 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 um, wiser, if you will. And, 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 and I've got to get you ready for the things that for the things that are coming. So we have to take our time. But while we're in that tribulation in verse 12, we continue steadfastly in prayer. So we see here again, as I said earlier, prayer and being persistent in prayer is something that's important to help us also be persistent in facing tribulation. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. How many of us are potentially being persecuted right now, if you will? Okay, and persecution doesn't necessarily mean what you what you hear about happening in other countries where Christians are getting um, are being killed and murdered and everything like that. All right. That doesn't necessarily mean that. All right. Persecution could simply be um, uh, uh, so someone being angry with you because you decided on Saturday night instead of going to the bar to go get drunk like you might do and might, may have done in the past that you decided, no, I'm going to I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to go to the bar scene because now that I'm a Christian, I don't I don't have that desire to do that anymore. I've given up that part of my that part of my life. OK, that could be persecution. So so how do you so when that person gets angry with you, how do you respond to that? How do you respond to that? Do you pray for them or do you react the way that the world would react? Maybe you're dealing with a situation in the workplace. OK, maybe you're dealing with a situation in the workplace. Where people are coming against you. Or or, or as, as maybe as a manager, maybe people, your, your, your staff aren't doing the things that you need them to do. And it seems like every single time you try to make some headway, you're, you're hit with some sort of resistance. OK, how do you treat them? 
Do you treat them the same way that they've been treating you? Or do you take a step back and say, oh, hang on a second. I got to treat them the way God would want me to treat them. What if it's coworkers? Maybe you're not a manager. Do you have coworkers around you that are, that are driving you crazy? Maybe you feel like they're not pulling their weight and you're doing extra. You're going above and beyond, but they're not. Do you talk about them behind their back and start gossiping about them? Or do you still associate with them? Do you pray for them? Okay. In other words, don't do. Don't do to people what they would be, what they're doing to you. Don't repay evil with evil. Is what the Bible says as well. Okay. That's part of also being persistent in tribulations because if you have to see these people and interact with these people on a regular basis. Can you be patient with the situation? Can you be patient with God and let God handle that? Can you persevere through all of that and not allow that persecution that's happening to you change your mood? Can you continue to rejoice in hope knowing that, Lord, even though I'm going through this right now with these people, that at some point, at some point, I don't know when. I don't know when, but at some point I'm going to get beyond this and this is no longer going to be an issue. I don't think I've ever worked in a place where we didn't have some sort of leadership change. Okay, And I remember one time uh, somewhere I worked, we we did have a leadership change and it um, uh, it it caused quite a bit of friction um, in the office. I, I couldn't really understand why there was so much friction um, because of that, I found it out later, you know, as as, um, as as I found out about some other things. OK, but I remember during that time, uh, it was it was hard for me to go to work. It, it was hard for me to go to work sometimes because I could just you could feel it when you walked into the building. I could feel it when I walked over to my cubicle. OK, and I could feel it when when, when people when, when people in the office started coming in. OK. And I heard all the people talking about it and everything like that. And, 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 and so what I decided to do is I said, OK, you have me here for a reason, Lord. Just help me to deal with what's going on. Reveal to me what forces of darkness are in operation in this in this office so that I can come against them in the name of Jesus. And as I was persistent in my prayer. OK, as I was persistent in my prayer to God to find out what's going on here. He responded to me. Okay, he responded to me and he didn't tell me everything that was going on, but he did share. Here's the here's here's the forces of darkness that are operating. Okay, I don't know what's going on in everyone's life, but I knew the forces of darkness that were operating in that office. And so now the persistency and the tribulation came about because I took what what Holy Spirit shared with me. And I every single day in the name of Jesus, I came against those forces of darkness every single day. And to be quite honestly, honest with you, I have no idea how long I had to do that. It seemed like an eternity, but I was doing it every day for for quite some time until eventually. Eventually, things got better. Okay, things got better. Okay, I knew I I, I, um, uh, didn't realize a, a particular individual had something going on in their life at the time. And I prayed for that individual, too, because as I was praying, Holy Spirit revealed to me their face just flashed before me. And I started praying for them. Okay, and I started praying for them. And I and I kept doing that consistently through during this entire time that we were having this um, this animosity, if you will, or this 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 uneasiness in, in the office there. Until at one point, all of a sudden, I saw this individual just the joy just came back in their life. 
It just came back, okay? But that was persistency in the, in the, in the tribulation, okay? So if we're persistently praying, we're persistently dealing with our tribulations, okay? Then we, then, then we also have to make sure that we're persistent in how we are modeling what it means to be a Christian. Because if I'm not rushing to get out of a tribulation and if I'm letting God guide me through that entire situation, all right, and while I'm in the midst of that tribulation, I'm not, I'm blessing those that persecute me and I'm not cursing, I'm blessing them. If I'm rejoicing in hope, if I'm being patient, if I'm still fervent in spirit, now I'm modeling what it means to be a Christian. And that's what, and that's what I could share with other people as Holy Spirit starts to guide me. So let's talk about being persistent in modeling what it means to be a Christian by looking at James chapter one. James chapter one. And we are going to go to verse 21. James chapter one, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive the meekness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not uh, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Underline all the verses 22 to 25. Okay, some real, real powerful things there. And in verse 22, I want you to double underline or highlight where it says be doers of the word and not hearers only. Okay. now this seems this kind of seems. um obvious right be a doer of the word and not a hearer and not a hearer only okay on the surface it seems it seems simple but what this looks like for us is that we think that being a doer of the word is going to be going to church on sunday reading my bible tithing praying that's not just being a doer of the word okay because being a doer of the word is also when you are in church on a Sunday, are you focused on the message that's being said or are you thinking about going home to catch that football game? OK. When it's praise and worship time in that service, are you actually praising and worshiping God in a way that you're making a connection with him or are you just going through the motions? Right? When we read our Bibles, are we reading it like it's a, a, a novel or are we reading it and studying it? I talked about this in previous messages about the difference between studying and reading the Bible. OK, studying is, is, is when I'm 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 reading it to be able to prepare for a test and a tribulation that's going to come my way that I don't know when it's coming. Reading is simply just reading to gain some surface level knowledge and never cross reference in scriptures and making a connection to my personal life. OK. That's part of being a doer uh, or excuse me, of being a hearer of the word is, is if I'm just reading the Bible for the sake of reading it because it's a routine or I'm going to church on Sunday morning because that's something that I've always done. Since I was a little kid, I don't know anything differently, so I'm just going to continue on with that. OK, and when we do those things, 
You see, verse 12, being doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. When, when we act that way, we, we have this false sense that we are that we are being the, the, the type of Christian that God expects us to be. And it's not the case. OK, it's not the case. And so we end up deceiving ourselves. And you may know some of these people. These may be some people that you that you've spoken with. It could be family members. It could be friends um, or something like that. All right. The Bible says that by your fruit, by their fruits, you shall know them. OK, by their fruits, you shall know them. So so if you're a, a just a, a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're you're going to be a fruitless Christian. You will be a Christian in name. But not a Christian in, by, by your actions and how you're producing fruit because you're not producing the fruit. OK, you're not producing uh, uh, you're not producing the fruit. And some of these people, the way the way it also can come across is that if they have something going on in their life and you're trying to minister to them and you're, and you're talking to them, you can say things to them about God and you can tell them about the Bible. And they may be quick to say, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm doing that and I'm praying and all of that. But then you don't see anything change in their life. It's the same old thing. Well, things start to get worse. Things start to get worse. And this could be happening to any one of us as we speak. None of us are so holy than now. Or none of us are so holier than now that, that, that we may not um, fall victim to this. So we have to be careful in checking ourselves to make sure that we are not deceiving ourselves. And thinking that we, we are um, that somehow we, we reach this level of 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 being a Christian that I can't improve my life as a Christian, that I can't become a better Christian. OK, because as long as we are on this earth, we will never get to that level of uh, of perfection, if you will. OK, we will never be perfect as long as we're on this on this planet. So we have to make sure that we're we're studying the word of God, that we are uh, uh, seeking God out diligently, that we're praying diligently. OK, so that we can make sure that we're continually doing what the word of God says to do and not just saying what the word of God says we should do. Verse 23 again, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Do we forget what kind of Christians we are? Do we ever forget that? Okay. We need to take some time and spend some time with God and just asking him like, Lord, okay, is, 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 am I being the type of person that you, that you want me to be? Help me to, to, to be the Christian that you're wanting me to be. Because all I want to hear is, well done, thou my good and faithful servant. Okay? We need to take some time to reflect. We need to take some time to look into that spiritual mirror and see, this is who I am. This is who I say I am. Okay? This is the type of Christian I say that I am. Now, when I walk away from that mirror, am I still that same Christian or did I forget that? Am I forgetting who I am in the workplace being a Christian because I might be surrounded by a bunch of unbelievers? Do I forget who I am as a Christian when I'm talking on the phone with family members or with friends or when I'm visiting someone? Do I forget that I'm a Christian when I get that bad piece of mail that comes in, the piece of mail with some bad news in it? OK. Difference between a hearer and a doer. 
If we are doers, then no matter what comes our way, we are always, always, always acting accordingly the way God wants us to act, according to the way God wants us to act. Now, again, we're not perfect. So it's important that we're constantly checking ourselves and we're looking into that spiritual mirror to see to make sure that we are being who we say we are and that we are being more importantly who God says we should be. There's always going to be temptations. That come before us. It could be buying something because it sounds like a good deal. Right. I won't get too much into that, (laughs) Uh, but I've been there, bought something that was a a, a real good deal and um, has given me more problems than than, than it was worth. Okay, it could be uh, us. uh, A temptation could be for us to respond in an ungodly manner to when someone comes against us or someone treats us in a way that we don't want them, uh, that we don't think we should be treated, that we get wronged. Okay, So it's important that we're modeling what it means to be a Christian at all times. You never know who might be watching you. You never know who might be watching you. And if they see you acting in a way that is contrary to what they think a Christian should be, or maybe they're looking to turn their life over to Christ and they want to change and they want to get away from what they're currently doing. But if they look at you, or they look at me or they look at any of us and they say, well, you're just like me. You're doing the same exact things as me. Why should I become a Christian? Then we have to ask ourselves, are we being doers of the word or hearers only? So, again, in closing here. It's important for us to make sure that we remember persistency is the key for is the key for victory. Persistency in our prayer life. okay, praying steadfastly, praying earnestly. In facing tribulations. Being patient and understanding that when we're in the tribulation, no matter how long it takes, that we are there for a reason. And God is preparing us for something else, for some, for bigger and better things. And that we need to always model what it means to be a Christian so that we can assure that we're not being hearers only, but that we are being doers as well. Praise God. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And let's close out, uh, close out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father. Again, I just want to thank you for the words that you had here for us today. And I want to just pray and ask, Lord, that you would help us to be persistent in all aspects of our lives as it pertains to you. Strengthen us, Lord God, and help us to keep a laser focus on you, despite the distractions that might be around us, Lord God, so that we can do your will and do your will only so that we can bring joy and pleasure to you, Lord, so that you can be glorified and lifted up and that you can be exalted, Lord God. Strengthen us as we go throughout the rest of this day and through the coming weeks, Lord, and help them strengthen us in any times of tribulation, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that if there's any one of us that is not on fire for you, Lord God, that you would just ignite a fire underneath every single one of us, Lord, to have that desire to just serve you and to serve you no matter what, no matter what it is that you ask us to do. I pray for each one of your children, Lord, and ask that you continue to keep us safe, Lord. And I thank you once again, Lord God, for all your wonderful blessings that you have given us, both great and small. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God and God bless you all.